Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome all. So I remember the exact moment when it became clear to me that I was really, 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 really good at doing, doing something or doing one thing in particular. You know, I remember being young and as we all experience, you find yourself trying to just do, just do whatever interests you. You know, you don't know enough about judgment or what you should or should not be doing. So you find yourself just um, putting your hand in anything. And you're, you know, you're kind of in a cross between a few places. One, you're just doing it for the sheer enjoyment of it. But then at a certain age, you become, you, 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 you start becoming online to what other people's pers- opinions about whatever it is that you're doing, right? Whether you're good at, good at it or you're not good at it, whether or not you should continue practicing at it or you're so awful at it that you should probably just reside from just doing it all together. And I remember, you know, you know, growing up, I was really passionate and really good about a number of, really good at a number of things. And I always chalked it up to, or my mother always chalked it up to just being artistic. You know, I've always, I was always really good at drawing. I was really good at like spoken word poetry, like anything that activated or required creativity. I was really good at design, um, fashion, you know, I, so I always felt like there was just a variety of different way, different pathway, paths I could have chosen. As long as it has something to do with creativity, I felt pretty confident that it was something that I would be drawn to. And I remember, I don't remember the exact age, but I do remember coming from an all football family. You know, I had a cousin who at the time, and even now, um, a huge, huge um, influence in my life who was playing Division One football. I had uncles who also had inspired and, and, and played football at some of the highest levels. So I knew I came from um, a, a family or a tradition, a history of, of that specific sport in general. And obviously I had the same interests that a lot of my cousins and anyone who grew up in that family um, had, right? And I think a lot of it was based off of one, being surrounded by the sport so so much. But then also, you know, I kind of, found early on that that was a way to really connect with family that I didn't really see that often. You know, my father wasn't around and, you know, given the fact that that was a lens from which we've, uh, a lot of people in my family had already understood and valued other people in my family, it just naturally kind of followed that foot, that footprint, so to speak, right? I kind of naturally just fell into that pattern, watching the, watching the sport. And, you know, I slowly but surely became even more passionate about it. But I remember when it started to become clear that I was really, really, really good at it. I had a natural ability or a talent to be able to do it. 
you know, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I do remember it being so clear that for the first time and that I could remember that I, I felt an immense level of value, personal value. You know, I saw how it started to change and alter the way people saw me. You know, it ultimately impacted the way I saw myself. You know, no matter which environment I went into, whether I was new or old, all I had to do was reference or quickly put myself in a position to be able to show set athletic ability in, in the sport. And usually things would kind of lean in my way, in my direction. So very early on, I equated my value to doing this thing. And this thing became who I was, right? And a lot of times we all make that mistake of assuming or drawing the connection from what we do um, to drawing that of assessing and establishing value in who we are. So, you know, to no, to no one's fault but my own, you know, you start assessing and, and defining your self-worth by you doing a thing or by you being associated with a certain activity. And in a lot of ways, you know, I spent a lot of my life feeling extremely fortunate that I found something so early on that I was immensely passionate about and I had a God-gifted ability for the most part to do. Now, don't get me wrong, I was extremely passionate about practice. You know, I was, you know, I spent mornings and even evenings out on the field by myself in a, in a pit of dark, just practicing and running with myself with no one. So I put the time in for sure. But what I didn't necessarily notice or realize until I got a little further along in that process is that when you start, there's so, so there's a multitude of issues or challenges that you run against when you start defining who you are by what you do. But the one that I wanna to speak to today is, you know, I, I found that as I became more concrete about assessing my value and, and, and attaching my value to doing this thing, I became further and further away from allowing myself creativity and freedom to attach or to evolve into other things in my life. You know, I started drawing less. I started um, doing certain other things that I was equally passionate about less because I was equating so much value and so much stock from doing this one thing. And yes, on the, on the way to mastery, that's very helpful, but if you're, if you're assuming the sense, your sense of worth from this thing, then it can quickly become a huge problem. And the reason why I bring that up today is because I realized that as I've evolved throughout my journey and, and learning and growing as an, as an individual, I realized that the, the chaos, I call it the chaos that shows up whenever it comes to trying to live my life of purpose, whenever it comes into the mind frame of evolving into the next step of who Fahim is or the next part of my evolution, I look at this year and how crazy it's been and, and all the ways in which I've had to redefine in some ways and give myself rooms to, room to grow. And I look back on my experiences growing up and I, you know, I draw the parallels to where I am right now and I realize that in any field or in any space outside of that sport, I find that the chaos or the noise is much louder through the lens of negativity or limitation. So some of the things that show up for me, you know, throughout just this entire transition, you know, coming from playing sport to getting into modeling a little bit and then being able to become like a, a trainer and a corrective exercise specialist and then shifting into becoming a strength coach and then shifting into becoming someone that was very passionate about plant-based nutrition and then shifting into that of a yogi and then shifting into, so all these shifts, 
I found that at every step of the way, there was, there was always limited negative chatter. And it was the loudest in any realm outside of playing set sport. Now, don't get me wrong. It was still, you know, at a much lower level. It was there, you know, when I was playing that sport, making certain plays, being able to um, make it to a certain level of said, you know, said athletic career. But it's the loudest in the spaces that I never really saw myself occupying. All right. So here's some. So just some of the chaos. Right. So you'll never be more than an athlete. One. That's a good one. You can't do anything right other than what you're currently doing. You'll never overcome the depression from the experiences or the losses that you've gone through. Another one, who do you think you are? Another one, what is it that you feel you can add value to this conversation? There's so many people already doing it. Another one, dream smaller. Another one, no one cares about your perspective. Another one, it's already been said um, to, you'll never make it You'll never make a new um, community or new home in a new environment like Miami. Um, you'll never be good at anything long-standing outside of the sport that you play, right? So there's just all this stuff that comes up. There's just all this chatter and, and negativity and bullshit that shows up, right? And it usually shows up, especially when you're trying to evolve out of said comfort zone or when you're trying to change your relationship with what's showing up for you in your life. And I just find it interesting because as I look back on what I, are, what I always assume to be a, a huge positive, I look at it now and I wonder, I can't help but wonder, had I found one, had it, been, had, it, had it been a part of my awareness to understand that this is what you're doing, it's not who you are, it's not where you should assimilate or, uh, or assume all your value as an individual should not come from this one thing, I think it would have also gone a long way in giving me freedom to be able to grow into and seeing certain aspects of my personality and, and my being evolve into, to, into different lanes. So what I want to talk to today was something that I came across. You know, obviously in this space, you find that in conversations and holding conversations with, with individuals that we, we're all dealing with that chatter, right? And as I went on, kind of like my journey to figure out, okay, is this, is this a personal, is this a Fahim thing, right? And if it's not a Fahim thing, then, then how many or how long or how many or in what ways are other people having the same challenge? Because again, through our collective healing, we can usually kind of help inspire growth within each and every one of us. And what I want to talk to today was something that came on, um, came into my awareness. Um, I was reading uh, a piece of literature and it referenced something that was something titled false prayers, right? And they said how these false prayers um, under, is, is, is underlining soundtrack within most people nowadays, within all of us, all of us, I won't say most, all of us, have these underlining false prayers that we assume um, are our truths. And these statements um, that fell within this category as the writer um, described them, these statements become so a part of our belief system that we begin to be in march in obedience in alignment with these things no matter if they're true or not, we assume them to be true. So some of the false prayers or some of the statements that fall into this category I want to share with you guys today to see if anything resonated with you, right? So one, there's something wrong with me. That's a good one, right? Two, I'm not good enough. Three, I have no talent. Four, I don't deserve it. Five, I can't do it. Six, is too hard. 
Now, I feel the author was very was being very kind, right? She only listed six, but I'm sure there's a lot that shows up. And she went on to say, you know, I'm a huge David Yerman fan. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of, you know, the amulets that they have. You know, I have the star and moon and crescent. I have I have a few I have a few pieces. So I, I love their designs, but I found it pretty interesting how the author referred to those things that we carry around our necks like it like an amulet and now I find myself even looking at the one that I have on through a different lens and and what she starts communicating on and what I wanted to give some thought to today is not only understanding that we we're all dealing with some of those same statements some of those same statements that we assume um, that are we assume that they're true and we walk in consistent lockstep with them and if you're fortunate, there's areas in your life that you were told that you were really, really, really good at, like me in football, then maybe they, not, maybe they may not necessarily speak the loudest in those terms or when it comes to or when it pertains to that said thing or subject in general. But if you're anything like everyone else, chances are these statements, these false prayers are taking dominance over your life. And the reality is, is that although we assume that these things to be true, the reality is, is that a lot of these limited beliefs, these statements that we carry, these false prayers that we carry, you know, I think studies show that most of your perception and who you are and what you believe is something that's adapted and conformed before you're by, by the age of six. I mean, just think about that for a second. I mean, six years old. You know, and it doesn't necessarily have to come to you directly, right? It doesn't have to be, hey, Fahim, you'll never be anything other than. But what are you picking up from your environments? What are you picking up from um, from your community? What are you picking up from social media, from the magazines, from the music videos, to what's being depicted online? What are you getting from your peer groups? What are you getting from your well-meaning parents and family members? The reality is, is that a lot of what you assume to be true, a lot of the things by which fall into your false, you know, your false prayers are things that you didn't necessarily have any, did not necessarily, you for sure didn't have any say in. So I just find it crazy that, or not crazy, but I find it amazing that here I am as a full-fledged adult. And when I think about all the limitations that show up for me in my life, when I think about having courage to I mean, I mean, this, I mean, this is the official first, although I've had this a variation of a podcast for over a year now, this is officially the first, the Mujah, Fahim Mujahid podcast. I felt inspired to, to shift, to make a new. But even in doing this and making this decision, something, is, that, something that would seem as um, meaningless or simple as just shifting a name, that comes with a degree of fear, right? Oh, you're going to look inconsistent. Oh, why would you run the risk of people not being able to spell your name? Maybe they won't be able to find it. Maybe they've gone so far in associating um, you with, you know, the Breathe Life podcast. Will they, will they even appreciate this new format? Maybe you'll lose followers. Like you, like all this, all this clutter, this chatter that shows up. Just constantly, constantly. And it's not the chatter that's frustrating. It's not, the it's not the chatter that's even the most bothersome. The bothersome part about it is that we 
we, we believe it hook, line, and sinker, rarely challenging it. And when it comes to certain moments in our lives, when we feel called to do or to be a different versions of ourselves or to evolve into something new, we've put so much stock into finding our self-worth in that said thing that we're doing that whenever it comes, whenever we feel inspired to shift into a new space, we come up with all these limiting beliefs as to why we can't do it because it's hard for us to maintain that same sense of self-worth outside of what we're doing. You know, most of the times I ask professional players or just anyone in the space, I say, if you, if you weren't doing your said sport, who would you be? If you weren't doing what you're doing, and think about that for a second, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you weren't doing, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're stay at home, whether you're a trainer, whether you're a runner, whether you're a professional athlete, if you weren't doing what you are currently doing, who would you be? Now, most times when I get that response, most people say another thing that they would do, but very few people lean on the key word in that question, which is who would you be, not what would you be doing? And I find that more times than not, we don't even truly understand who we are. Our perception of self has been belief systems that's been passed down and passed down. So we run into certain elements of our lives that push us or compel us to move forward we find that we're in complete conflict with a lot of these beliefs, a lot of these false statements, false prayers that we have to work through. We have to learn to fight and get beyond. And that's what it means to be conscious. That's what it means to be mindful. We have to understand that a lot of the identity that you believe yourself to have about yourself or that you believe about yourself has been given down to you. And if there's anything about you, if there's any times that you look and you find yourself being hesitant, making decisions and following that inner guidance that you have within yourself, start asking yourself, what are some of the things that show up for you? Come up with your list. I just gave you a few statements, but I'm sure there's others. Just think about it for a second. You know, but I think also, too, like for me, it's inspiring. It's, it's encouraging, right? Because you think we have the tendency of believing, or at least I won't put us in that category. I'll speak for myself. I'll be intentional with my words. I have um, the habit of assuming that my suffer, my suffering and my experiences are solo sufferings and solo experiences. And I forget that along this journey, a lot of what I'm going through, other people are going through as well on the road when I'm feeling lonely or less than, I, I forget at times that there's other individuals that are also going through their said challenges and journeys and experiences. So when I come across passages in, in books and literature and they talk about not only the fact that other people are also experiencing things similar, but this is, this is something that expands and goes back in our history as human beings, it inspires me because in some ways, in a, in, a, in a powerful way, I know now and I feel it becomes even clearer that I'm not alone in this journey. And even more importantly, if I can learn and take some information, some insight from helping myself evolve and grow beyond and learning different tools and techniques and um, affirmations to get beyond this chaos or this noise that shows up whenever I want to expand my vision of myself or my life and how I see myself, 
you know, I, I take I take to heart that what I learn and how I grow in this moment could kind of, I don't know, I guess help others evolve in this same space in this similar way. So when I thought about, so when I thought about like, okay, so now that you're, you identify, right? A lot of those thoughts that are coming up through your, that are coming in your, in your, in your consciousness when you're trying to live a life of authenticity or you're trying to have courage or display courage when it comes to taking these next steps in your life to quit that job and to open your own business or to travel the world and risk, you know, the disapproval of family or to, you know, to just live more courageously. We've identified the fact that when that noise shows up for you in your life, not only are you not alone, but you're pretty, that's probably the most common thing that ties us all together. Is that noise that we all exist or that that noise that we're all constantly running up against. So here's a few things that I think is important to kind of bring into your awareness when you find yourself in that in that moment. These are some of the things that work for me and maybe they may be of help or be of service to you. And if so, um, my job here is done. So the first thing I would say is, you know, truly connect with the negative thoughts that you're having. Like truly connect with and identify where these thoughts are coming from. Like don't just settle for, okay, I, I had a negative thought. Let me ride this all the way to its conclusion or let me sit here and, 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 and meditate on this negative thought. Like really identify what the thought is so that you can address where it could possibly be stemming from. If you're constantly feeling inadequate, if you're constantly hesita he hesitating when it comes to you assigning or attaching any kind of value to a service or to, to yourself in general, where does that stem from? Have the courage to figure that out. Have the courage to go on that journey and see where it may lead. The second thing I would encourage you to do is come up with a list of what your greatest fears are. What's the list of your greatest fears? And, not, and I'm not talking about like the boogeyman in the closet. Like I, I still have moments. <laughs> I still have moments. Um, but I'm talking about in general when it comes to just tapping into your, your greatest potentiality. Like what's one of your, what's, what's, where's the fear? What, what comes up? What shows up for you? You know, I think for me, you know, if I were to really live fearlessly and courageously in my life, um, not without fear, but to be, and to display courage despite fear. What I would speak to and acknowledge is that, yeah, there's a lot of concern and fear around what, what happened, what would it be like, or what would happen if I did set out and, and attained and did everything I felt called to do? What would my life look like? What would change? How would people view me? So identify, identify the fears, identify what shows up for you. So again, so that you can address it. You can only meet and work through what you can have um, the, the courage to bring to light. So the first, the first two things, or the two things I would say that go a long way with working through a lot of these false prayers that show up for us, a lot of those statements that may be showing up for you now as you're going through. I mean, there's so many people shifting in in, in professions and spaces and, and passions and purposes with this whole 2020 season. You know, I read a shirt that said, don't cancel the season or don't cancel the year that, that woke you up. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, there's so many people 
And I find so much inspiration from people even within and outside of my community that I know personally that's evolving into a space that they would have never evolved into or it probably would have taken them a long time to evolve into had it not been for this season. But that doesn't negate the fact that even as you're evolving and shifting and they're shifting and I'm shifting that these things and these statements and these false statements don't show up. And it doesn't mean that when they show up that we don't attach ourselves to them and follow them in lockstep and assume and take them to be true. Hook, line, and sinker, like I said before. So if you want to find a way to explore and to work through, the two ways in which I found very helpful for me is, like I said, identify the negative thoughts and then two, figure out what your greatest fears are on said or if you were to accomplish that which you're somewhat feeling called to or inspired to accomplish. You know, another exercise that I, I, I often share with my clients that I find to be very helpful is what I want you to do, or this is what I do, and, and hopefully it may be helpful for you, is the, act, is the what if exercise. Like a lot of times I find that the things that we're afraid of or the most, the most worried about, you know, are the perception of what we forecast ahead and nine times out of 10, I think they said 90, something like 95, 96%, a lot of the fears and anxieties that we have don't even manifest, but yet we're recycling 95% of the same worries and stresses and fears from one day to the next. I mean, what kind of, is, is that living? So anyway, that's a conversation for another time, but this exercise in and of itself is whatever it is, whatever it is that's plaguing you the most, where you're thinking about and it's challenging you and it's causing you a lot of anxiety and fear, you know, write, find a sheet of paper and then write, write out if such and such happened, right? So if whatever that fear is for you, if blank, right? Explore that all the way to the end. If I, if I were to lose my job, for example, if I were to lose, so you write, if I were to lose my job and then fill that all the way out to the end, I would, I would be unemployed. I would lose out on all the relationships that I have at work. I would, you know, be absent or not have an opportunity to do something that I'm passionate about. I would financially have to um, be um, brought into some really probably hard times to have some difficult conversations with families and loved ones. So write that all the way out. And then after you write your response to that, then go a, a few sentences down. And then I want you to write and, and then answer this question, that would what? So that would cause me to be frustrated. That would cause a lot of strain within my relationship. That would, um, that would cause me to have to um, get back out and, and look for other employment. That would, you know, write down, if this happened, then that would, would be the second part of that exercise. So write out, that would. And then on the third one, this is the most important part of the exercise. Then I want you to respond, then God would what? Now, again, coming from someone who's spiritual, you can you can substitute that whatever entity that speaks to you. So you can put the universe would or Jesus would or Allah would or Buddha would. You can put whatever connects to you. That's a personal journey that you're on. But it's important to write that fear that you have in your mind. Answer that question and go a couple rows down and say that would cause what? And then to conclude the exercise, put then God or then one universe would do what? And the chances is you'll always find yourself arriving at that place of, you know, you'll get through, you'll survive. The universe's grace, God's grace will start giving you an opportunity to 
hopefully disconnect from that of what you're experiencing in that suffering. Again, suffering is only when you're in resistance to what's changing in your life. But you can kind of hover over that experience and look down on it and take whatever, whatever wisdom or whatever gold could be taken from the said experience and God would make that or the universe would make that accessible for you. And I know it seems like a very simple, pointless exercise, but what it teaches you is it teaches you to follow that said fear, those doubts and those false beliefs when they show up for you, follow them all the way to the end, right? What if, you know, people wrote me off because I switched the title of my podcast? What would that mean? And if that happened, that would what? And then, and then the universe would what? And when I did that exercise as it pertained to this podcast, I knew for a fact because I'm doing something that I felt called to do, and even if I wanted to remove this from me, I could not remove it from me, so therefore I felt as if it's placed by an intention, by design, then I know that regardless of what I title and how many times I switch the title of this podcast, then I'm gonna flow into alignment of what I felt I was placed on this planet or in this dimensional experience to, to give and to share with others. So that's just me doing that exercise. So take a moment and write down and be honest with yourself and sit with yourself and figure out what shows up for you. What are, what are certain statements and beliefs that you've taken on as factual? And what are you willing to see differently? And then if there's anything that's showing up on the surface, immediately on the surface, take that exercise on. I challenge you to do that. This is where the work comes in. A lot of people talk about living consciously and shifting mindfully and finding abundance and happiness in life and evolving through the suffering and finding peace and harmonizing what said purpose in life. But when it comes to doing the work, a lot of times we shy away from doing the work. So this is an opportunity to do the work. Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome home.